1: of my brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big. Don't settle for mediocrity, live big. Let's get started by visiting canilivebig.com and let's visit it today. That's canilivebig.com. You were made to think big, do big, live big. But tomorrow can be bigger. Just let's grow. Created for greatness, live a life
2: bigger than yourself, live Hello, welcome to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. We are so glad that you joined us today. We believe that the truth of God's word will empower you to live a life so big that it impacts everyone and everything around you. As always, you can get this message and more at gracechurchva.org. Let's join Dr. Greer for today's Live Big Message.
1: Well, today is going to be a little uh, more than milk. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of meat. So, you're going to have to do some thinking and processing. Um, it's going to be a little more like Bible study than a typical uh, Sunday. Um, but let me, let me ask you how many of you have read, the, are, are still hanging in there with the Bible Challenge? All right. A good number of people. That, that's that's awesome. If you fall off the wagon, get back on, by the way. And you can get back on, just just pick up where you left off or, or catch up. Also, it's still not even too late to start. We only have about uh, maybe nine or ten weeks left in the year. Uh, but, it, you know, you could start reading at this week and go around to next year's 52nd week. So you can still get this thing uh, moving and still get it done. But it's a lot easier ministering to people that have already read the material. And uh, it also allows us to go to another level in our discussion. And um, I'm sure those of you ha- that have read through the book of Hebrews, and by the way, the book of Hebrews is in the New Testament. It's a New Testament <laughs> book, okay? Um, but those of you who who have read through it, you discovered that a few chapters into it, something kind of almost strange happened. The focus shifted to this individual you'd never heard a whole lot about until you opened that book, a high priest named Melchizedek. And, and we find, again, that two whole chapters are focused on this individual. So much uh, attention given to one person is very unusual, and typically it underscores the significance of that particular person. In fact, we learn from those chapters in the book of Hebrews that understanding the, the ministry of Melchizedek is crucial to understanding Jesus' high priestly ministry today. And also this language where I say, you know, meat versus milk actually comes in verse six. Uh, the writer who I happen to believe it's Apostle Paul, but the writer of the book of Hebrews is talking about Melchizedek, but said, listen, I want to go on. I have a lot to say about this Melchizedek. But here's the thing. You have to be taught the basic principles all over again. You, you, you can only handle the, the milk of the word. So I can't really get into the meat. How I wish the Hebrews were ready for meat so he could have dug in a little bit more. But 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 here we, we're starting to deal with a weighty subject and it's the high priestly ministry of Jesus Christ. So we're going to go to Hebrews chapter seven and verse 17. And again, a little more of a Bible study than normal, uh, but you're going to be strengthened. and You're going to leave here uh, stronger than you came. And in Hebrews 7 and 17, the writer quotes from Psalms 110 and verse 4. He says this, for he testifies, or God said to Jesus. And by the way, uh, when the early church got started, they only had the old covenant. That was uh, the Bible they brought to church with them, if you will. That was uh, where all the texts came from and then god inspired the new testament and and now we have the new but Again, he's a lot like you and I uh, He didn't teach or preach without a text. He says for he testifies you are a priest forever according to now According to has meaning. It's not just a filler word. It means in a manner of uh, conforming or corresponding to watch this The order of male Melchizedek. so according to this passage if you want to know what jesus does as our high priest we have to look to melchizedek the first and highest ranking high, high priest in biblical history uh hebrews five and six we're going to see that same text that same quote repeated again he says this as he also says in another place you are a priest forever Meaning this priesthood is endless and it will never change. According to the order of Melchizedek, not the order of Aaron who served under Moses, but in the order of who Melchizedek, who served centuries before the law, was ever instituted. So the writer is in the midst of explaining to, to, to the readers and, and the Hebrew Christians that Melchizedek's ministry was not uh, abolished or fulfilled. Jesus said, I came to fulfill the law. It, It was not abolished with the law of Moses because it was never part of the law of Moses. His ministry preceded and surpassed the priests under the law. Hebrews 6 and 19 we're going to see the same statement again, and I'm not going to read it again after this, but, but the point is he says it four times in, in just two chapters, so obviously this statement is super important for us to go on into the meat of God's word. He said, verse 19, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. Again, he's talking about his high priestly ministry, but this time Jesus didn't go into a natural temple built with human hands to, to sprinkle his blood. He went into a heavenly temple. In fact, when God told Moses to, to record the dimensions and describe the various articles and create the various articles of the temple, he said, listen, I need you to create this after the pattern I show you which lets us know that there was a heavenly pattern. Earth was just a a duplicate of what was in heaven. So the natural tabernacle represented something spiritual that existed in heaven. So the priests went into the natural tabernacle, but Jesus the Christ goes into the heavenly tabernacle. Are you still with me? All right. It says, uh, his presence behind the veil where the forerunner has entered for us, even... Jesus, having become high priest forever. A lot of complex language there, but the short of it is what he is saying is Jesus is a fulfillment of the type and the foreshadow that we see in this Melchizedek. And then he says that again, Jesus is a high priest. How long? Forever, Meaning it's, it's endless and it will never change. And then he says, according, again, in a manner conforming or corresponding to the order of Melchizedek. So notice, Jesus is a priest after a certain order. So whatever Melchizedek did in his order, in his priesthood, is obviously what Jesus does in his. Does that make sense to you? All right. So here's the question. What did Melchizedek do? I'm really glad you asked. (laughs) Say with me only three things. Only three three things. Genesis 14, 18 through 20. We're going to dig in here. And this is one of those messages. I don't normally say this. You might have to get the CD and listen to it a couple times to grab hold of the truth in it. But we got to go on just a little bit and go a little deeper here. Now, in Genesis chapter 14, only three verses in the Bible record Melchizedek's ministry. And in these three verses, scripture makes his duties and his ministry so clear that you almost have to want to get mixed up to get mixed up or misunderstand what this priest does. Verse 18. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread, and wine now if you know your bible history abraham had just defeated the four kings in the valley and he only had 318 men it was a miracle that he won he was rescuing lot uh, from captivity and then after he won this battle the high priest of jerusalem actually uh, melch melchizedek melch malik means king salem is is peace so he was the king of jerusalem the city of peace so he came out to meet abraham and the first thing he did say it be first thing was greet him with a covenant meal of bread and wine what did jesus do at the Last Supper? He commanded us to eat of his body and his flesh, to to eat the bread and drink the wine. What? In remembrance of him. Does anyone already see a similarity here? He was the priest of God Most High. So Melchizedek is also... The first high priest, and we know that when we, the, the law of first things, when we see something first, some of the most important things about that that office or, or, or that thing is, is going to be seen in that that particular scripture. So he's the first high priest we see in all of scripture, but he's also the ultimate type and shadow of the high priest, Jesus Christ, to come. So first we see that he comes with bread and wine. But then in 19, it says, and he blessed him. So the second thing Melchizedek did, say with me, second, second thing, okay, was release a blessing. So after Jesus was resurrected, now when he came to the earth, he came as a sacrifice. He came to die for our sins. But the Bible says that he sprinkled blood behind the veil in heaven. And we're going a little deeper into the book of Hebrews, which means there was an earthly tabernacle, but there was also a heavenly one. Now, he was a sacrifice on earth, but he took his blood behind the veil in heaven and he sprinkled it. So we see again that Jesus, when he entered into his resurrection, he's not functioning or he's not anymore trying to fulfill his saving role because he accomplished that. He then at that point stepped into his high priestly role. That's why when you begin to read the end of the book of John and and he gets closer to his death, we find long recorded prayers. And because he's moving into this priestly realm in which he's going to be for all of eternity beyond. But again, after he steps into this role, I want you to watch what he did. Uh, Luke chapter 24 and verse 50. And Jesus was, was just resurrected, and he led out his disciples as far as Bethany. And then he did what the Jewish high priest had done for 1,500 years. Now, at this point in history, only the descendants of Levi would offer a blessing the way Jesus is about to offer this blessing. You had to be a priest to do it. The Bible says, it doesn't just say he, he blessed them. It says he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Well, the way the priests would bless people is he would put his fingers in the shape of the letter shin. And the letter shin was the symbol for the term Shaddai, where we get El Shaddai, the all-breasty and almighty one. So when the priest blessed the people, he'd lift his hands and then he blessed them. But we see here after the resurrection, Jesus too lifts up his hands. But he's not from the tribe of Levi. He's from a different tribe, the tribe of Judah. So the fact he lifts up his hands to the Jewish mind is saying he's taken on another role. He is now functioning as priest. It says he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven to again continue to fulfill his high priestly ministry. And the Bible says, and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Now, how many know uh, laughter is one of the greatest blessings God can give? Now, happiness is not necessarily our primary goal, but it is a primary byproduct of God's blessing on your life. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow. And there's an attending joy that comes with the blessing. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 14 and verse 18. Stay with me. The scripture said this priest Melchizedek blessed him. And what God has blessed, no man can curse. I I don't care how many chickens the voodoo doctor kills. I I don't care how many goats and, and goat heads are left someone's yard or in front of their car. You hear what I'm saying? That blood does not surpass the blood of Jesus. You hear what I'm saying? We have a superior covenant. And he blessed him and, and he, he did it with words. He said, blessed be Abraham of God most high, of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And then it says, this is where it gets tricky. And he gave him a tithe of all the third thing Melchizedek did say with me third thing third thing is he received the tithe now we embrace the bread and wine you know and it represents again the blood covenant we we embrace the, the blessing of forgiveness we we embrace the indwelling of the holy spirit we we embrace the many blessings that Jesus comes to offer But many of us stopped there. But Abraham didn't, and neither should we. And he gave him a tithe of some, of all. Now, here's the deal. We don't debate the bread and wine. We don't debate most of the blessings. But all of a sudden, when it comes to the tithe. All of a sudden, there's a whole bunch of debate about what we should do. I mean, after all, all Jesus ever did for me is you know get beat all night and then hang on a a splinter cross. I mean, after all, all he ever did was love me when I was unlovable. All he ever did was forgive the unforgivable all he ever did was redeem the irredeemable and when it comes our turn he did what he was supposed to do on the cross but when it comes to our responsibility all of a sudden we have theological issues all of a sudden we're not sure if that's New Testament or Old Testament it's going to get good in a minute You see, the tithe is not about God needing our money. It's about him needing to be first in our lives. Rockefeller said, one of the richest men in American history said, I would never have been able to tithe my first million dollars if I hadn't built my tithe muscles tithing my first salary which was only 150 per week so there's no way you're going to tithe a million if you haven't worked with that 10. so if you're waiting until you're in financial position to do it you're probably never going to do it stay with me stay with me generosity is the only way we could keep the things we own from owning us Someone said, say it again. I'd like to hear that. Thank you. But generosity is the only thing that we have to keep the many things we own from owning us. The only thing we, the only way we can break that power of, of clinging and holding is by letting it go and giving it away. All right. Hebrews 7. Now consider how great this man, Melchizedek, was. To whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tithe of the small. Now, Abraham was the father of the Jewish people. He he was a descendant of Jesus Christ himself. We trace the blessing through Abraham. But as great as Abraham was, he was still not greater than this Melchizedek. And verse 7 explains. It says, now beyond all contradiction, meaning this is reasonable makes sense, the lesser is always blessed by the better. Meaning, If I went before the Queen of England and I happened to be British, and I was to be knighted, I would not knight her. She's the queen. Her role's greater than me. Instead, I get on my knee and she knights me. If we were on the basketball court, LeBron James would probably not ask me to lay hands on him so he could play the way I do. He'll lose his contract, all his money, and all the rest instead i'd be like brother lebron would you pray for me so i can start doing some of what you do do you understand what i'm saying the lesser is blessed by the better or the greater meaning this melchizedek was even greater than father abraham which is pretty pretty great some heavy lifting but we're gonna be you're gonna be stronger then it says eight, here, speaking of on earth, in the Levitical economy where you had Aaron and all those guys, you know, moving around a tabernacle, mortal men receive tithes. But there, speaking back with Melchizedek, who is a type of Jesus, he, Jesus, receives them. According to this scripture, Jesus receives. The tithe. And then it goes on to explain of whom it is witnessed that he lives. So according to scripture, every time I tithe, I testify before angels and demons that I believe Jesus lives. Yes. That I believe I have a high priest passing into the heavens. I believe that Jesus is a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. I don't tithe because I'm afraid of what might happen to me if I don't. I tithe because I love Jesus a thousand times more than Abraham could have ever loved Melchizedek. Verse 9. Even Levi, watch this, who receives tithe. You see, again, you can't talk about Melchizedek without talking about the tithe. Because that's what he did in his particular order. It's part of his order. So Levi paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak, meaning that when Abraham gave a tithe to Melchizedek, Levi was still kind of in his, in his loins, meaning... His seed would produce Abraham, then it would produce Isaac, then it would produce Jacob, and then the 12 tribes, and one of them would be Levi. And wh- what he was, was, was saying here, as a matter of fact, let me read it. For he was still in the loins of his father when Mel- Melchizedek him, met him. I don't just give to impact my life, but, but to impact generations that will come after me. When I sow a seed, I break things over me and my children. I I I involve my child. Every part of me, everyone who will ever come out of me, is involved in that transaction, and and I put them, if you will, under a type of uh, of covering. And if Abraham saw fit to tie to the shadow of Christ. How much more should we tie to the real and risen Christ? Where we're not dealing with shadows, we're not dealing with types. We're dealing with the actual thing, the actual person, the risen Lord.
2: You are listening to the Live Big broadcast with Dr. Derek Greer. We pray that you are inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. Find out more about this broadcast, Grace Church, and Dr. Derek Greer at gracechurchva.org. Dr. Greer and his wife, Pastor Yeramitu, invite you to meet them at Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia for vibrant worship, Bible teaching, and fellowship each Sunday and Wednesday. Click gracechurchva.org for service times, directions, and much more. Again, that's gracechurchva.org. This has been Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. Watch the Live Big broadcast Monday through Friday and every Sunday. Check your local TV listings or visit GraceChurchVA.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have. But until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big.
1: Life of influence isn't achieved overnight. It's, It's built through consistent application of wisdom and hard work. In my brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big, I provide you with 120 bite-sized nuggets of insights on practical topics such as marriage and finances, as well as wisdom for personal growth and leadership development. Then I ask you some very penetrating questions that help you reflect and apply what you've learned. This book will stimulate self-examination and provide fuel for personal transformation. The best thing about it is I'm offering this book to you absolutely free, that's right. A free copy of 120 Minutes to Live Big mailed to you as a gift. I'll also give you 30 day access to my Growth Lab, a program designed to help you grow from good to great, mediocre to extraordinary, from small to big. It's my prayer that this gift leaves you with a burning desire to be better and become everything that God wants you to be. So if you wanna live a life that overflows and blesses others, This gift is just for you. Claim your free book and and get uh, your free 30-day access to my growth lab. To do that, all you have to do is visit dgmfree.com. That's dgmfree.com.